to the ExtraordinaryChurch.ca podcast, where ordinary people experience extraordinary life in Jesus Christ. You are about to hear a message that will encourage you to become and experience all that Jesus Christ has for you. Are you ready? Open up your Bibles because something extraordinary is about to happen. Participate in communion. Praise God. Let's go ahead. Also, um, you know, open up your Bible or Bible app to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. And so we'll get, uh, we're just going to go ahead and, and dance through it. I'm going to be, y'all, y'all might not heard me, Bella. I'll be reading for a long time today, so you can be seated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, praise God. They was off in the third heaven. Praise God. I like that. Just worshiping the Lord. Both of y'all. Let's praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, yeah, so you'll get communion elements, and if you want to participate, we'll get you squared away. I don't know if we promoted it. Uh, I think we might have. I might have been in and out, but I do want to encourage everybody. Uh, we have some exciting stuff coming up. In particular, we want to invite everybody to participate in our three days of prayer and fasting, uh, the 25th or the 27th. That's right. I remember Stephen mentioning it. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to participate in that. If you open up our app, you'll notice we have a prayer guide that you can tap into. We have prayer focuses each day, and we would love for you to participate. Okay, if you have it, uh, have your Bible or your Bible app, just lift that up in the air, if you will. If it's your Bible app, clearly it's going to be your smartphone device. And uh, just make this declaration with me. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I can have what it says I can have. Praise God. All right. Well, let's look at it. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17, verse 4. I'm just going to start reading because, again, like I mentioned, it's 58 verses, and that's a lot. And I'm not going to read all 58, but I'm going to skip along. I'd encourage you to, to read it if you're not familiar with it. All right, verse 4. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. Now, let me just give you some context. If you don't know, there's a few of you, there's a few of you in here that weigh 125 pounds. There's a lot of you that wish you weighed 125 pounds, okay, I, including, I don't want to be 125, praise God. Just, but for those of you that weigh in the proximity of 125 pounds, just imagine uh, Goliath wearing what you weigh, okay? Just, just to give you some context. Con- you hear me say it every time I preach. Context is everything. Amen. So he also wore bronze leg armor. And he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was, a heavy, was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted and a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. (laughs) 
choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel. Send me a man who will fight me. This is a challenge from Goliath. Well, look at verse 16. For 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. This, it, just, it just wasn't like he was yelling, hey, y'all want to fight? I think he was not like, I grew up talking a lot of trash, right? Especially, I played a lot of sports. If, if we gave you the business in basketball or in, in football or even soccer, the trash we would talk. I, I kind of envisioned Goliath, like, you know, there's this cold-blooded line. I don't remember, I remember the guy who was shooting free throws. I don't remember who told him this, but for you old heads, uh, you all might remember Carl Malone. He played for the Utah Jazz, right? And he was on the free throw line, and, and one person went up to him. His nickname was the Mailman. His nickname was the Mailman. And he was shooting these critical free throws, and one of his opponents went up to him, and they were like, you know, the mail doesn't deliver on Sundays which is when they were playing. They were basically telling them, hey, bro, you, you, you're not going to make the shot. They were talking all kind of trash. Goliath is doing that. He's strutting. He's, I mean, it's not like he was like, um, hey, um, I'm going to kill you. I think he was like, yo, I want you to see me. I'm going to kill you. I think he was all in there like, Made me think of that, what you want to do. He was talking all kind of trash. This is exactly what was happening every day for 40 days. Not only in the morning, but in the evening. My guy would taunt people. This is crazy. This is crazy. He comes out, and they don't do anything. As a matter of fact, I think if we're being honest, how many times has the enemy's taunts paralyzed us so that we just run to the background of life and never speak up and never define what the enemy is trying to bring into our lives? As he was talking to them, look at verse 23. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out from among the ranks. By this time in the story, David has entered the scene. David is going to deliver some bread and some cheese to his brothers. And he was just going to drop it off and, and mind his own business and come back home. And around this time, Goliath came out. It was kind of like David was the first Uber Eats. I prefer skip the dishes, praise God. Just unless skip the dishes has more options. Uber, Uber Eats is like bougie eats, but I need somebody, somebody that will go to the hole in the wall and bring me some good food. Praise God. So I'm going to say David was like, David, me and David were on the same page. So David would skip the dishes. And David showed up just in time for them to eat. Do you know this enemy, Goliath, would show up when uh, the uh, Israelites are trying to refresh themselves and renew themselves? And so here David shows up and he hears this taunting going on. He's like, 
what's going on? So look at this at the end of verse 23. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. Verse 24, as soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Israel was used to living in fear. It became the normal. David shows up and he witnesses this and is like, well, how long has this been going on? How long have you been living in fear? How long have you normalized fear? How long have you subjected yourself to the ridicule and the taunting of fear? How long have you allowed yourself to become paralyzed and not move because you're afraid of what the enemy says he's going to do to you? How long has this been going on? And so the the, 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 the Israelites, they just, they're not saying anything. And, and here we go. David, verse 32. He's just like, skips on. He's like, don't worry about this Philistine. David told Saul, I'll go fight him. So this is, look, look at Saul's reply. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. This is crazy. Look at this. He says, no way. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. And this is not what you want to persist about, David. We're in the middle of a war. So he said, I think he could see Saul's face, like, you're going to come at me with, you've been taking care of your father's sheep and goats, and I told you this man been a man of war since his youth. And David says, when a lion or bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. Now, just hear me for a second now. Notice, he said, this, this is crazy. <laughs> David doesn't wait for the fight to come to him. David said, when I, when I see, <laughs> when a lion or bear comes out to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club. I, I need a club. I can just see. I, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what kind of club, what kind of man do you have to be? That when you see a lion or a bear attacking, you, your first reaction is, let me go get my club. I'm going to go get my club, and then you pursue that wild beast. This is David. And David said, I catch it by the jaw. And I just... It's a bear, fam, so I doubt he hit it like five times. Just clubbing that lion to death. You, you got to be on some stuff to pull this off. He said, I go after, I club it to death. Verse 36, I have done this both to lions and bears, and I'll do this To this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. 
the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So Saul is like, this is, what, this is what the Bible says. Verse, so Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead. Kind of like, bless them, Lord. You know how you got those people that act up and you like, <laughs> they just do stuff. You're like, oh, they just bless their heart, Lord. I, I think that was what Saul was thinking. Like, just bless his heart, Lord. Be with him, Jesus. So uh, he says that. He said, all right, may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor. I like my club. I'm going to hold on to it for a while. Uh, so he says, hey, uh, then Saul gave uh, David his own armor, a bronze helmet, and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and then put them into his shepherd bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. David, notice, he started. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, watch this, today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. We ain't in Sunday school, praise God. You know, we like to give the kids a G-rated version. He just said, I'm going to cut off your head, family. Then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. Okay, David. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. I want to I, I show you a 40-second clip that was kind of the inspiration, not for the title. I just read you, or for the title, but not for the message. I just read you the inspiration for the message. But I want to show you the inspiration for the title. Once you watch this, you'll know where I'm going. Mr. Grumpy Gills. When life gets you down, you know what you gotta do? I don't wanna know what you gotta do. Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. What do we do? We swim, swim. Doreen O'Saini. I love to swim. Doreen. When you want to swim, you want See, to See, I'm gonna get stuck now with that song. Now it's in my head. Sorry. Just keep growing. Just keep growing. Just keep growing. Help us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe you gave us a maturity mandate at the beginning of the year that continues to resonate with me and our EC fam. Help us to keep growing in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. We have two young adults in our house. Uh, Mia is 18. Lincoln is 16. And because Sarah and I are around them all the time, 
we don't often notice how fast they are growing. I see them every single day. As a matter of fact, uh, we just pray every other day that they just grow up and get out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want my babies to stay. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, I pray like once a week. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no we're, we're completely fine with them being at home. Uh, but for the people that haven't seen them in a while, like my mom who just visited, they noticed things. Grandma immediately was like, oh, my goodness, Lincoln. She was like, stand next to your father. You're taller than your father. And I was like this. No, he's not. I was like, no, not yet. Not yet. Which in reality is he is taller than his father. I know he's taller than me. He's growing. I, I you know, I, I could keep my shoes on while he would be barefoot, and then I would be, like, taller. But if we're just keeping it even, he's got me. He's growing. He's taller than me. He's growing, and things are changing with him. His appetite is increasing. He can eat four or five meals a day, and you would, not, you, you would think we're fasting, the young man. He won't even blink. I'm just saying. I can remember that too, but I, I can only do two meals a day, and then I'm even like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm stuffed. But I, I get it. I remember when I could eat four and five meals a day. Both of my kids, their appetites are increasing, and they sleep more uh, than I would like for them to sleep. But that's what growth looks like, physiologically speaking. You know what? When, when your kids, when, when, you're, when you're a grandparent and perhaps you haven't seen your grandchildren in a while or perhaps, you know what, kids are getting ready to go into the summer and they'll show up for that next class or that next grade after summer and people are like, yo, dude, what happened to you in 60 days? They experience what we call a growth spurt. By definition, a growth spurt is an occurrence of growing quickly and suddenly in a short period of time. That's what a growth spurt is. You go quickly, suddenly, it's like, boom, what happened? And the phenomenon of a growth spurt is you can't control it. So, increased hunger and sleeping are physiological signs of growth spurts that are happening in my house all the time by just looking at our grocery bill. We know our kids are growing. Can somebody say amen? Praise God. And the numbers of time we have to tell them, get out of the bed is a sheer sign that they are growing. They need more sleep. You can't argue with the science. I know, right? Trust me. Trust me. But we can have spiritual growth spurts as well. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you will never stop growing. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you will never stop growing. The moment you think you have stopped growing, that's when it's time to grow again. So I want to show you something in this account of David and Goliath that what, uh, I've been preaching 24, 25 years, and I didn't see some of these things that I'm going to share with you. Thus, that's why I'm going to share them with you. I think most of us, when we read 1 Samuel 17, it's framed under the narrative or in the narrative that David is the underdog and that Goliath is the favorite, if you will. But I never saw it as a maturation process. 
I didn't see it as a coming-of-age story, a boy turning into a man. I've taught it before, and, but I, I want you to see this. Here David is being the skip the dishes. He delivered the lunch right on time. And there are three things in David's showdown with Goliath that I want to pull out and share with you because I believe these are signs of spiritual maturation. Now, you might be wondering why am I talking about spiritual maturation? It's because if you recall, the first message of the year, we had somebody with us, Dan McLeod, who spoke what I believe to be a prophetic word. It was called the maturity mandate. I have not been able to shake that. And God is trying to grow us. God is trying to mature us. And I've talked a lot about that this year. And I want to continue to jump in that vein. David grew up in a moment. And I want to give you three signs that shows you he grew up. Are you ready? Wow. Are you ready? Okay, praise God. Thank you. Y'all, you know you can talk back to me. As a matter of fact, I need you to talk back to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please. If the preaching is good, you can say amen. If the preaching hits you right, you can stand to your feet and give God praise. If the preaching hits you right, you can get stank face like something just dropped in this place and it's really stinky. But that's because the preaching is good and the Word of God is hitting you and speaking to you. You can talk back to the preacher here at Extraordinary Church. Okay, praise God. All right, thank you. I might preach to this side. Because I was getting a lot of amens. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all want to throw shade, so keep your shade. Praise God. David, point number one. Y'all think I'm playing. Praise God. I'm going I'm to preach to who's preaching with me. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to preach to who's preaching with me, who's going to help me preach. So, point number one. Here's how you know you are growing. You ready? You envision yourself coming out on top. You know you are growing when you see yourself winning. <laughs> Look at verse 32. Okay, y'all going to help me over here now. Y'all going to make me. Praise God. Okay. Praise God. Look at what David says in verse 32. Don't worry about this Philistine. David told him, I'll go fight him. Whew, Jesus. I need y'all to help me today. Come on. You know, you, you know you're growing when you start volunteering for some fights. When the enemy's been taunting you in areas of your life and you finally get sick and tired of the enemy taunting you, you just say, let's go, let's fight them. I'm no longer going to be on the sidelines. I'm no longer going to be paralyzed in fear. You want to fight? Cool. Let's go. Not only am I okay with it, I'll bring the fight to you. I'm not waiting for you to come over here. I'm not waiting for you to roll up. I'm not waiting for you to pull up in my driveway. You want to scream? You want to talk that smack? I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready for the fight. I don't know about you all. Is anybody in the place ready for a fight? 2023 has got to be different. You can't allow the enemy to come in and remind you of the past. You can't allow the enemy to come run roughshod in your house. You got to volunteer to fight now. And the enemy 
You know how most bullies do. Most bullies talk a ton of trash. And then when you let them know you're ready to fight, they're like, oh, oh, you really ready to go. The enemy is just talking smack. See, 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 you know you're growing when you envision yourself, when you see yourself, when you imagine yourself coming out on top. Hey, David had never fought a, a Goliath. He had never fought a giant up until that point. He had never fought a champion up until that point. But David saw himself winning. <laughs> Come on. I, I'm telling you, you might not have faced what you're facing in your marriage, but I think you can win. You might not have seen that behavior in your children before, but I think you can conquer it. You might not have ever had your finances compromised the way they are compromised right now, but I believe you can get through it. Let's just buckle down and fight. Let's get on our knees and pray. Let's ask God for revelation of what we need in this season because I'm ready to fight. I see myself winning. So you know you're growing when you see yourself winning. Let me just challenge you. You know you're not growing in him when you see yourself defeated and losing. That's not his will. You're his. All right, let me just move on. Second point, I want to help you and just keep growing like Dory told us to do. Well, I'm playing with what she told us to do, but... When you know you're growing, when it doesn't matter what kind of problem it is anymore. You're you just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Whatever kind of problem it is, it doesn't matter anymore. Okay, you, you just don't get bent out of shape. You just don't get worked up. You're not losing. You're like, oh, God, what am I going to do because I'm facing? You're just like, <sighs> okay, let's deal with it. This is what David did. Look at verse 34. But David persisted. I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. He said, when a lion or a bear, now, I mean, I can't front. A lion or a bear, I mean, listen, I have been to Botswana in South Africa, uh, and we had a chance to drive just off the road. We were not like in a, 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 a reserve Fam, we were driving just down some dirt roads, and we saw elephants, and I saw, like, this is wild. There was nobody, like, out there in, like, uh, like some situation, like a tower looking down with a rifle to protect us. This was the wild. And, I, and so I'm, like, I'm looking, and, like, you know, they're, they're grazing, and I'm, like, you're really careful when you see Ryan, I have to show you pictures. I won't get distracted. But David says, I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. And he said, when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb for the flock, I'll go after it with a club. And I'll rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, <laughs> I'll catch it by the jaw. And I just club it to, I beat the fire out of that thing. Like, didn't I tell you, leave my sheep alone? I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it again 
to this Philistine. He got bass in his voice. Like, I'm going to do it again to this pagan Philistine. I'll do it again. So, what kind of problem it is doesn't matter to David. Lion. Bear. Goliath. What kind of problem? It doesn't matter. Maybe the enemy has stopped bothering you in certain areas of your life because you've got the victory. But he always bothers you in another area because you've never fought back. You need to start seeing that problem as the same as the others. The same God that delivered you financially is the same God that will deliver you relationally. It's the same God that will deliver you spiritually. It's the same God that will break the generational curse. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of problem just doesn't matter? Whatever you bring me, I know that God has given me the grace to win and get victory in that area. So David says, well, let me, let me throw my resume at you for a second. I've been to careerbuilder.com and done some work on my resume. David said, I fight. He said, I'm the champion. Uh, the neighborhood that I'm from, the star of Bethlehem, that neighborhood, you know what? Woo! Oh, you from the star of Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fought. You know, I fought a lion. I fought a bear. And Saul was like, man, well, did any of those animals have 125 pounds? Were they wearing 125 pounds of armor? David's like, no, nah, because it's all kind of the same to me. So here's what, I, here's what I did. I want to show you something. When Saul was like, well, tell me a little bit more about what you've done. I decided... I was going to Google something, right? I hope you can see it. Let's show them. How tall is a lion standing up on its hind legs? It told me an adult male lion stands nearly 10 feet tall. Okay. Look at that. Then I went ahead and said, well, let me Google a bear. How tall is a bear standing up on its hind legs? It can reach almost nine feet. So the bear can be nine feet. The lion can be 10 feet. Goliath was nine feet, seven inches tall. <laughs> so let get, let's get David's perspective. The lion and the bear are about the same height as Goliath. So David's like, I took out the bear, got him. Lion, got him. Goliath, I'm going to get him. I'm trying to help somebody realize it doesn't matter what situation you are facing right now. The God of your salvation has given you the victory. It's the same size to him. He doesn't have big problems and small problems. They're all the same size to him, and he's given you the power and the grace to take them down. <sighs> 
it's going to be stuff in your life that's going to pop up, fam. And you got to be like, it ain't nothing. Why? Why? Because the same God that delivered me in the past is the same God that will deliver me right now. <sighs> the third thing. The third thing. I want you to consider as you just keep growing, 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 is that you are aware of who triumphs and you're aware of who slays. You are aware of who triumphs and you are aware of who slays. You know who triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. And you know who gets to slay some generational curses. You know who triumphed and has all power of heaven and earth in his hands. And you know who gets to walk in victory and integrity and in blessing and in healing and in deliverance. Okay. Let me show you verse 46. Because if this don't make you run. Okay, if y'all didn't know, we, 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 have, we won't have like one or two people run. We need to be a running church. Praise God. I preached in some churches. I told my wife, man, look, I was preaching, and I didn't even get to preaching. The pastor was getting up, getting ready to introduce me, and people were praising, you know. I, I love y'all. The Lord called us here. But Canadians so dignified. <laughs> y'all so cute. Listen, we got people in the States that will climb walls and bite chunks out of the ceiling. This man had people running who had no business running. He'd be like, he just preaching, he, he, he was introducing me to people. He was like, uh, I'm not joking. It was like, he was like, Andy, take a lap. Andy was like, boom. Andy was gone. Next thing I know, somebody else, boom, people just running, praise God. Look at verse 46. Somebody need to run on this thing, praise God. Look at verse 46. Today. Today, today the Lord will conquer you. He's the one who triumphs. And I will kill you and cut off your head. Oh, Jesus, I need somebody to get this today. He was basically like, hey, yo, Goliath, listen, listen, listen. I'm talking to you. Yeah, yeah. And Goliath is doing this taunting. Goliath's over here, show me a man. He's like, hey, 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 kill all that noise. I'm coming for you today. You know, Goliath was probably like, after 40 days, he was probably like, who is that talking that smack? Today they're going to, the Lord is going to conquer me and they're going to kill me and cut off my head. This is what David is saying. The God I serve has already conquered this situation. And he said, I'm going to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, I'm going to be right there. David is like this. You know, we kind of envision it. David's like, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm going to kill you. Now, you got to understand the confidence of David at this moment. David is about to go fight Goliath with a slingshot. Let me help you. Not with the... Didn't I... That's like, boy, Ernest Thompson come on me, boy. Didn't I tell you... Boy, 
Yeah. That Ernest Thompson, he might be watching, but dad, you know I'm telling the truth. That boy just, get you, y'all don't know nothing about that boy, praise God. And he would probably use something like this, thank you, Jesus. And break that and then get ready for round two. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Daddy. He helped me out. I'm a, I turned out to be a young, decent man by the grace of the Lord. Praise God. But I ain't, I ain't telling over that. I did not just give any of y'all license to go beat your kids with a club. Okay. He didn't beat me with a club either. Praise God. Where was I going? I just pulled an Ernest Thompson and completely forgot everything I was saying. Let me look at my notes. Thank you, Jesus. Slingshot. Thank you, Bella. You don't need to go nowhere. That's why you need to say, praise God. That's just, praise God. So he's like, didn't I tell you? None of this. No club. David is using a slingshot. A new weapon. Something he's never used before in battle. We have no record of him. Now, I'm not saying he's never used one before. I just said he never used one before in battle, at least according to Scripture. So he shows up to the fight with something he's never utilized in real time. Remember, wear that, wear that lion, wear that bear out. No slingshot. He goes into battle with Goliath with a slingshot that he's never, and as far as we know, there's no record of him using a slingshot afterwards. Here's why. David was confident in his God and that God has given him the ability, hear me, to fulfill the assignment. There is something that he has placed on the inside of you. See, here's where I need you to shift, and if you'll just shift your perspective, you're not waiting to get something from God. God is waiting to get something out of you. There is more on the inside of you. I'm telling you right now, you're not weak and anemic. You have more power if you have received his spirit, been washed in his blood. There is more power in your pinky finger that makes all of hell shake. You have the ability to order atmospheres. You have the ability to push back darkness. You need to know you've got power on the inside of you. So when David is going into battle... He says, hey, we're going to God. You've already triumphed. And I'm going to slay you, Goliath. Here's the perspective. And I'm getting ready to close because we're going to receive communion here in a moment. David shows up to the battle. And he doesn't, he doesn't show up to the battle. I forgot him, Sarah. Dang. I said, I need to get some rocks. We're coming. I told myself. I'm not going to forget the rocks. I walk out the house, forget the rocks. <sighs> Driving down the road. I look. I, I told her, I said, hey, let me know when you see some rocks on the side of the road. <laughs> I said, I'm going to just pull over and grab some. Not from somebody's yard, praise God. I just, you see some, see some. And then I said, oh, you know what? I said, no. I said, don't worry about it. There's rocks at CUC. I done left the rocks right outside. So David, he goes... And he, he's like, I'm coming, Goliath. Yeah, he's like, 
Puts him in his pouch, gets his slingshot, and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming. Now, David did not know that the first rock he was going to throw was going to kill Goliath. But David did know it wouldn't take more than five. Talk about confidence in your skill set. I believe God's going to show up in this fight, and I believe he's been so good at preparing me with my slingshot, I only need five times to knock you down. If you could stop looking at this as persecution and realize it is preparation, if you could stop licking your wounds and stop complaining and moaning and groaning and realize God is readying you, you've got the goods to get the job done. You begin to work that sling and you begin to get yourself ready and realize that God has already conquered your enemy and you're fixing to slay that thing. You need to know that you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. I'm telling you, you're going to keep growing. You're going to keep walking in victory. You're getting ready to slay your giant. If you believe that, give him praise. So, Scripture says he runs down the valley. Can you imagine Goliath standing there? Now, here's what I need you to understand. Goliath was probably shocked when he saw this young man come running, talking all kind of smack with a slingshot. It wasn't like, remember, he's wearing 125 pounds of armor. Up to here, my man's got a helmet on the head the size of mine. And the helmet is covering all that it can cover. It's not like he just goes like, I'm not going to move, David. I'm going to sit right here and put my big head out on display. He's, he's doing, he's a warrior. He's been a warrior since his youth. So at the very least, Goliath is like this. Lincoln, how you going to hit on me, son? No, you're supposed to get up and amen me. I'm talking about, that was nice. At least Goliath is like this. Come get it. No mercy. Anyway, no. So, my man David takes the first rock. And hits him. You have to understand the uncanny instinct to allow that rock to penetrate where there is no armor. To hit him. And not just, it wasn't like, think of like a hollow tip bullet. I lived in Texas for three years. 
They all got guns. I was telling, who was I telling? I was telling, I was telling him, look, I was telling about Bishop. Y'all know Bishop White, praise God. He's from Texas. Bishop, y'all know, we got guns in America, praise God. <laughs> so, he said, he said, I, le- I got rid of mine. Don't worry, I got rid of them all when we came up here, praise God. So, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do like the Canadians do. Don't worry. <laughs> But Bishop, I'm at the church. He was preaching, and I said, Bishop, I got your Bible. I might have had some water, you know. I go and take his Bible, put it on his. Bishop was like, oh, he was giving me something, took his jacket off. And then he was like, oh, my man had like a nine millimeter right on his hip. He was like, take this too. I was like, what are we? I was, I was like, what are we doing, praise? Thank you, Jesus. Anyway. That, that rock was like a bullet, and it took Goliath out. Now, hear me. Goliath is dead. David gets his sword. Musicians, you can come. Gets his sword, and he's like... This is in the book. I don't know how sharp his blade was, but can you imagine him walking into Saul's tent? Is this is this him? Is this the one that's been taunting you? Because he's done. He's done. I'm telling you right now, God has already conquered your enemies. He's waiting for you to get your fight back and cut their head off. Cut the head off of that temptation. Cut the head off of that addiction. Cut the head off of that past that's been trying to haunt you. He's here to encourage you to say, you've got what it takes. You can cut its head off. I want us to stand. What am I telling you? What am I telling you? You know what you're fixing to do? You're going to walk away with the things in your head, hand that used to be in your head. You're going to walk away with the things that used to be. The things that used to be in your head, you're going to walk around. Look, look at what God has done. Look at this generational curse that God has broken in my family. Woo. Look at this addiction. Look at how God slew this addiction. Oh my God, are y'all hearing me today? Look, look at the debt I used to be in. Look at what he's done in my life. You know what I'm trying to tell you? Looks like you're growing. Just keep growing. Let me just help you out. 
You know how sometimes you're growing? You just keep going. You don't give up and throw in the towel. It looks like you're getting more victory now. Looks like the next time we see you, man, you look a bit more freer. Next Sunday when I see you, man, you got some joy. Next Sunday when I see you, you, you got more peace than you had. It looks like you've been reading your Bible every day. You know how you treat kids when they grow up. What you been eating? What you been eating? You've been eating three meals a day. It looks like you've been reading your Bible every day. You're going to go to people. It looks like you've been involved in a small group making connections. You're going out to eat with who? You're growing. What? You're attending midweek Bible connection? Just keep growing. It looks like you have a confidence and you are making an impact on others. Just keep growing. Praise God. Why don't we just begin to lift up? Thanks for listening to our podcast. Join us next week for another message of hope and life in Jesus. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address to all of your friends, Extraordinary Church. We are a young church plant with a lot of people living an extraordinary life in Jesus. If you're looking for a way to become better connected to what God is doing, email us, info at extraordinarychurch.ca. We'd love to hear from you.